All right. right. Welcome back to the second season of League of Ordinary, League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast. Today we have the old standbys in with us, Doug Appleby, Sean Stone. Um, we are adding a new producer into, into this year as well, with Sean leaving us to go to uh, St. Louis. Kansas City. Kansas City. I keep saying St. Louis. It's whatever. He's not going to be here anymore. Um, but Zeke is going to be handling our producing with our microphones and all the things that we do with producing. So welcome to the team, Zeke, and hashtag trust the process. What's up, fam? Happy to be here. Thanks a lot. So thanks, guys, for coming in. This is going to be a special podcast to talk about uh, what we think happened in, in the draft and also with with some free agency recaps. We'll talk about who we, who we like the most, who we hate the most, what teams improved, what teams uh, got worse, and we'll go on from there. And then we'll tease some rules at the end, some rule changes. Maybe we'll go into a podcast in a couple of weeks. But anyhow, let's open up the floor. Let's just go, who do you guys think is going to be the best uh, draft pick that's going to make the biggest the biggest fantasy impact this year? I think we probably all agree, but just to get a couple of, of opinions. Saquon Barkley. Obvious. Retweet. Retweet. <laughs> Zeke, do you have anybody else? Let's see. I had Saquon uh, Barkley down. I think not week one, but I would say probably by midseason – you're going to see uh, either Josh Rosen, maybe even a, a deeper pick. We we can talk surprises later. Maybe even a Lamar Jackson by the by the Lamar end of Jackson. Oh, yeah. Didn't oh, yeah. see you Absolutely. going there. Oh, yeah. I I'll go into that later. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a terrible professional quarterback, in my own opinion. Um, I do like the Saquon Barkley pick. I think that's going to an obvious guy. They they had no running game last year, right? And a guy like Saquon Barkley, and then you put them together with with a team that I think New York can be. Uh, I I don't think they're Playoff, playoff ready, but I think he's going to make a big, a big uh, impact. I actually, I'm actually going with a guy I think that's going to make a big impact in Seattle is Rashad Penny. Uh, they're a team in Seattle that went a lot of directions at running back last year. I think Rashad Penny, you know, he had 459 carries and 39 touchdowns um, in two seasons in in two seasons in I think it was San Diego State. Uh, I think he's a guy that can touch the ball 200 times a 200 times a year. I think he's going to be heavily used out of that backfield. But I'm, I'm into Rashad Penny. I think he's going to he's going to have a pretty good year. Anybody else you guys are looking at? Well, for me, we're going to start the podcast off disagreeing on Rashad. Ooh, Penny. okay. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought he was the worst pick of the first round. Um, Absolutely. I thought uh-huh. that he was a band aid on a gash of an offense that had a ton of issues. They were second worst in the NFL in offensive adjusted line yards last year. They didn't add anyone in the offseason. They drafted someone in like the fifth or sixth round, but just like a filler guy. Um, He never had a college season with more than 19 catches, so you can't really expect him to be in on pass pro situations and also really struggled in pass pro uh, protecting quarterbacks in college. So he's a guy I just – I don't see that one. I'm – Okay. I, I get that there may be some value. He'll get touches. I just don't think they'll be all that valuable of touches. That's my opinion on it. I think he also has one of the same issues that Saquon's going to have is their offensive line isn't isn't that great. Yeah. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's, it's gonna right yeah it's gonna leak uh, pass rush and and, and rushers mm-hmm. towards them. So I just I think that's the caveat with those those two running backs yeah. is that they're going to have a hard time. Getting the push. Yeah. I, and I guess I see what you're saying, but I think with, with how Seattle plays, and, and we'll get into later, we'll talk about teams making a playoff push. I think Seattle falls out of the playoff picture this year. Yeah, I think so. But uh, with the style of offense that they run with Russell Wilson, they'll be able to do a lot of things, I feel like, even with a, a leaky line, they'll be able to do a lot of things with um, quarterback delays and uh, kind of run pass options. That's where I think he's going to excel. Mm-hmm. I do think he's going to be a relatively a two-down back. He'll get in every now and then on a third down. So we'll see what they do. Maybe they I don't I don't know who they're gonna go to as a as another back, but I'm not saying he's going to be the change agent for something to for something to happen. I think Seattle falls apart this year, but I do think that he has a productive rookie year. Um, even with a with a leaky offensive line. And to to piggyback, you brought up Saquon. One of my hesitations on Saquon is he's not a power back. Uh, he's more of the finesse back. I mean, a la a Reggie Bush. So as opposed to somebody like Dalvin Cook coming in that can just, it doesn't matter what the line is, he mm-hmm. can just kind of power through. Mm-hmm. You do need the offensive line to hold up with with the Giants in this case uh, for him to actually have any kind of production. Otherwise, 
you know, you, you kind of get the Reggie Bush effect and does he just kind of bounce from place to place if he doesn't get success early and often. Yep. And you got to just hope with them that, like, some offensive changes and having Odell Beckham back, that it'll kind of open the offense up a little bit. I know they drafted uh, that the guard Willie Hernandez at the mm-hmm. beginning of the second round. Great he's pick. A, he's great a great pick. Yeah, he's a mauler. They, so. they could not have gotten to the to the podium fast enough yeah. when the Browns to, went to Corbett. So, I, I think – Hopefully they were like middle of the road last year, offensive line wise. Not they struggled in pass pro, but running wise they were just okay. So maybe he comes in, they get Odell back, they can take a step forward. But the question with Saquon, I don't think is is he going to be good because we know he's going to be valuable. It's is he going to pay off being the fifth or sixth pick in fantasy drafts? Right. That's the yeah, question. correct. I don't know that I'm brave enough to take him number like number one. Obviously, this year in our draft, which we'll get into later with the keeper rules, there's a lot of good, a lot of great guys back on the table this year, especially with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to that podcast today, and I had my own little chuckle that you took him in the second round instead of the third mm. when it could have picked one pick later. Anyhow, uh, you guys can go back and listen to the last season and hear that story. But I don't know that I'm if I'm taking him as a number one guy. Uh, I think he's a guy that he could come in. Obviously, you got to take him, and I feel like he could maybe slide to the second round, maybe third. I don't see it happening in our league. It just depends on, on who's on the board, I guess. Yeah. But I'm also interested to get off the Saquon Barkley idea. Mm-hmm. I'm interested also in Darius Geis, the guy who fell a long way of where they thought he was going to go, going to Washington, who was Pro Football Focus's worst running offense last year in the NFL. Um, he's a guy, again, he is a guy that can, that can really help an offense, especially with – a, uh, a quarterback like Alex Smith coming in, a guy who can who can play efficiently. Obviously, we know Alex Smith isn't a go down field kind of guy, but I feel like Darius Geis could be a could be a good running back for that team because they didn't really have a lead back like last year, especially with a lot of injuries and things like that. So, what are your thoughts on that? Or are we not done with Saquon Barkley? I, I don't know. It's I have a hard time with Geis because I have a hard time separating the art from the artist. You know what I mean? Like, like I have a hard time separating what he does on the field. And I think a lot of uh, pro football people have the same issue of, like, is this guy going to – is he going to work on field and in in practice and all this other kind of stuff? And I think he's going to cause some issues there, which is going to cause issues with his production. You know, I, I just don't know if he's going to have the relationship with a whole new offensive line that he's already had three years with the, with the guys at LSU. Does that make sense? I just I feel like he is a little too volatile. Yeah, I mean, you got to fit first year as a rookie. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's a he's a guy I'm not high on at all either. Um, and, and for me, it's more so just about I think he's a decent player, although he's kind of one of those like three yards in a cloud of dust kind of running backs. Mm. But again, Washington really struggled running the ball last year. They were the eighth most heavy run team on first down and had the third worst efficiency yeah, they were the, running the ball. They were the NFL's worst running. Yeah, so offense. they're in constantly in third, second, and third and long situations, which is going to pull him off the field and put Chris Thompson on the field. So that hurts his value. And Alex Smith, running backs from time to time have struggled. You know, Kareem Hunt. <coughs> Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Well, he'll, he was. <laughs> Four good weeks, oh, yeah. disappear for eight weeks. Three good weeks, disappear for eight weeks. And I don't think Geis has the explosive power that, or the explosiveness that that uh, Kareem Hunt has. So he's a guy. I mean, I, I, he'll same situation. I think he'll be. I like him more than I like Rashad Penny, but I'm not as high on him as another guy who I particularly like in Sony Michelle. What are, what are y'all's thoughts on him? Mm-hmm. I like Sony Michelle. The problem is the team that he went to. He went to the New England Patriots. I mean, it, with going to the Patriots, we know what a Bill Belichick backfield has been. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you just draft a guy. All of a sudden, it's not going to turn into a fantasy relevant backfield. All of a sudden, uh, they're still going to move things around. There's going to be a lot of things happening. It's, Tom Brady's going to throw the football a whole lot. Uh, I like Sony Michelle. I wanted the Browns to draft Sony Michelle more than I wanted them to. I didn't really. I mean, Nick Chubb is a good rep, a good back, but I would rather have Sony Michelle. He had mm-hmm. a better season. I feel like he showed better decision-making. I feel like he found the holes faster. He was a little faster on his feet, it seemed like. Um, but he's going to a team where fantasy relevance run and running backs don't go hand-in-hand. Hand, right? Every now and then, if, obviously there are some guys that come around. The problem is, is it was Deion Lewis one week, 
And then the next week it was Rex Burkhead. And then the next week it was somebody else. Davis is a very crowded backfield, especially Bill Belichick's going to plan for what back he thinks is going to do better that day. Mm -hmm. So I just, I like Sonny Michelle. I don't like the team that he went to when it came to fantasy relevance. Yeah, you beat me to it on that one. I was going to say, it's not even a running back by committee. It's not even a handcuff RB situation. It's a clairvoyant situation. You have to know <laughs> what Bill Belichick is going to do that week uh, because it's it's going to be one back the whole game. It just matter. It just depends on which one it's going to be that right. week. So you got to keep him deep on your roster and then hope that you guess the right week. Yeah, is he the guy that you put in the flex position and you think he's going to work out eventually? I don't think he's going to be a weekly starter at your RB spot. Yeah, and he's probably more valuable in real life than he is in fantasy. He's one of those guys that, you know, comes in, gives you 10 touches a game or whatever, valuable, but you don't know if you can put him in every week in fantasy, especially in a, you know, relatively shallow league with only 10 teams. So Yeah. Y'all have anyone else that you? Uh, yeah, there's a couple. We liked? we talk a lot about running backs, right? We that's what we talked about a lot so far. But I'm interested, and you you mentioned him before the podcast. There's a couple guys that I'm interested to see what they do, um, and I'm just going to list them. And if you guys want to give a thought on them or have your own guys, then just mention them. But Calvin Calvin Ridley in Atlanta alongside Julio Jones, uh, I think that's going to be an interesting watch. A guy who is got great hands and he he catches the ball. He's He's not necessarily a guy that they're going to have to go deep to, but he can right. put him in a real slot situation, which I think he uh, can play better at than, than he did in than he did in college. Um, Josh Rosen in in Arizona is the guy that I wanted to get to, though. I think he has the attitude, and I think I told you this on draft night, Doug, was that I think Josh Rosen, if anybody comes out of this draft as a surprise quarterback uh, and says "f you" to all the people who didn't draft him, it's going to be Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. I think he has the intangibles to be a leader. He's got the attitude. And he's, they're, they've put in together a fairly deep wide receiver roster. With you know, they, If Christian Kirk pans out, which is a guy with great hands and good explosiveness, and then a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, obviously, in his, I think he said it was his last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could probably put something special together if, with, if their defense can, can come together. But I think Josh Rosen, is a, he's a question mark. He's a guy that I'm interested in. And then obviously Nick Chubb, being the Browns fan, can he overtake Carlos Hyde? Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked Carlos Hyde a 50 out of in a rank of 40 to 100, which puts him around like the Chris Ivory style. So I think Chubb can overtake Hyde. It's just going to be, can he get out of Duke Johnson's shadow or can Hyde kind of have some kind of resurgence? So any of those guys you guys have a have a, an opinion on or are there any other guys that you guys are watching when it comes to rookies? The thing about Josh Rosen that as a – as the organization the Cardinals hope for and uh, fantasy owners hope for is that he's the anti-Matt Liner. Uh, that both came from L.A. colleges. Uh, both should have been one or two. I think Liner was 10, Rosen's nine. So they yeah. both kind of land in the same place. But you got you got to hope that he is uh, a different person than Matt Liner is. And all indications, if you're looking at the past up until this point, uh, he does have a different mindset. I mean, Liner was kind of the Hollywood kid. Yeah, Liner didn't want to play football, right? Correct. He's kind of like Johnny Manziel. Right? He, he didn't want to play football. He liked the lifestyle. He was the pretty boy that came out of that came out of California, which we'll get into later. It's also why I think Sam Darnold's not going to be good. Uh, but uh, you were saying I, I think Rosen has a different attitude. That's right. I agree. I think I think he has the grit and the and the determination, and he's got uh, everything between the ears, both understanding concepts and. Uh, the uh, mental makeup, uh, toughness, and grit to I think uh, overcome uh, you know the drop and to really turn that to his advantage, having a chip on his shoulder. I think the great thing about Rosen is there's no doubt he's going to start sometime this season. Mm-hmm. You know he like, has to. Yeah. Like, what do they have? So, I mean, Sam, Sam Bradford, Bradford is Last not Bradford. Didn't, didn't they right. go get Terry, Teddy? New York. Okay, sorry. Yeah. sorry. But, Sam Bradford, but, human ace bandage. Right, exactly. So he's going to get <laughs> No, he's not start. that flexible. <laughs> but the, I think the question for us is, like, is he relevant in our league? You know, like, we're, right. we're a 10-person league, and I just don't see him really doing anything other than bi-week filling. Yeah. Mm. That's kind of how I feel about <clears throat> any of the quarterbacks in this draft. Correct. I mean... Unless Baker Mayfield turns out to really be a threat with his legs, I just don't really see any of the quarterbacks outside of like spot starts here and there mm-hmm. being like a Deshaun Watson was last year, where they yeah. come out and just like light the world on fire and tear it up. Um, but then you have other quarterbacks from that class who 
stepped into starting roles right, who are right. who have most potential yeah. to light it up, like Trubisky, right? Um, or that may have been a. Couple I'm years still not on the Trubisky train, but I still, just... <laughs> yeah. I think the question with Trubisky is: Is he going to be good enough for the weapons that they put around him? Yeah. So those are the fantasy relevant people. Yeah. Maybe not Trubisky, but you have to be rooting for Trubisky if you go get Jordan uh, Howard or the uh, Anthony Miller. Yeah. The, the wide receiver that they mm-hmm. got or mm-hmm. Allen Robinson yeah. you know like you were rooting for Trubisky even if you know he's not on your roster right. or anything but yeah. like, well, I think or, Trubisky's I mean, got Mahomes him is another, another person who's going to start yeah. making his way into in a conversation um, so I just don't see anybody from this class yeah. really being yeah. that relevant well I see a lot um, of them starting so you said Baker Mayfield and I know everybody's saying well Baker's going to start I don't think Baker's going to start um, if Tyrod Taylor can get any any yeah. kind of win I think he's going to be cemented in the starting role, which I, as a Browns fan, I like. Yeah. Also, as an NFL fan, I like. Because you got to give these guys are right out of college, right? I mean, you got to give yeah. them time to catch up to the game. Guys like Sam Darnold that are going to start day one. I'm sorry, Teddy Bridgewater, you're not going to start over Sam Darnold. Um, Josh Allen's going to start day one because who do the Bills have at quarterback? AJ McCarron. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. But That'd is his arm is his arm strong enough right, in, that, right. in the Buffalo Bills? You know, in yeah. that with that win. That, that's so, the question with those two guys, with Darnold and Allen, is if they're forced to play right away, it could be disastrous. Detrimental. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know. But if they can take some time, uh, you never know. The, one guy I did want to comment on that you mentioned was Calvin Ridley. And I'm not crazy about him either. I know I'm not trying to intentionally just kill him. with you. Look, I mean, the three guys I had written down, Darius Geis, Rashad <laughs> Penny, Calvin Ridley. For me, he's already 24 years, or he'll be 24 years old in his rookie season, so he's old. He tested as the least athletic wide receiver at the combine. Oh, I didn't see he that. He was 7th percent spark score Ooh. on a scale from 0 to 100. Yeah, not good. Um, but he's been productive at times in college, but disappeared down the stretch. 3 for 38 versus Auburn, 4 for 39 versus Clemson, 4 for 32 versus UGA. So, you know, and they also didn't lose much off that offense. That's that's the big concern is they lost yeah. Taylor Gabriel, but mm-hmm. Sanu's back. Um, Which I think is the bigger Julio's question with, right. with Julio is Sanu and how much got filtered through Muhammad Sanu right. last year with the uh, Steve Sarkeesian yeah. uh, offense. Um, and which I think that doesn't give me any hype about Calvin Ridley, Ridley is because that's going to be vanilla offense. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it really gives you kind of trepidation about Julio. Because uh, you see, two years before that, you saw what numbers did when when he had Sarkeesian. So, and I, I get, I do get what you're saying. I think I'm going from, the, I'm looking at it through the opposite lens of Calvin Ridley doesn't have to be the guy right, anymore, right. right? So Calvin Ridley was the only guy. If if you're in a passing offense, in, in an offense, if it was going to pass at all, it was going to go through Calvin Ridley. Yeah. So now you have guys like Muhammad Sanu, and you have guys like Julio Jones, where you can concentrate underneath with a guy like Calvin Ridley. And his hand, he has some of the best hands. He's got great hands. Great hands. Sure. So I think that's why I think he'll be one of those guys who could be very good in Atlanta. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. see it. Uh, the, another guy that who was my steal the first round, I thought he was the best receiver in the draft, was DJ Moore going to Carolina. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I thought before the combine he was the best guy. He ran a 4-4-2 with a 40-inch vert, 11-foot broad at 6-foot 210, which is huge. He also looks bigger yeah. than he is, and right? He, and he plays bigger huge. than he is, yeah. And and they need a guy that can kind of they need the that field guy. up, mm-hmm. stretch it. Because with McCaffrey last year, everything was just underneath, underneath, underneath. And so really he's forced, got, like, too. I mean, they kind of yeah. they kind of showed their cards where they didn't have that big-time receiver in Carolina. And so they said, well, we drafted mm-hmm. this new shiny toy with McCaffrey. Let's show what we can do. Well, if you yeah. don't have anything else to, to counter that, then right. everybody's just going to stuff right. the box and say, do something else. And it really hurt Craig Olson being hurt mm-hmm. last Correct. year. But at the same time, like, why are you running deep? throws to Devin Funches. Right. Like that guy's yeah. gonna beat some beat a, a cornerback because he played tight end. Yeah, he was he was a tight end, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean. he, he's that's that's bad look. So DJ Moore's huge uh for that offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do want to get into before we go on to who do you guys think is the it was a bad uh draft pick or who's gonna fall apart is you mentioned Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I want to know why you think he's gonna be good. Well all any of the reports that you hear coming out of Baltimore is he's really mm-hmm. taken the the locker room by storm. Uh, they are all kind of gravitating toward him. Uh, it goes even though he was drafted, you know, in the first round. 
Uh, he's still he's a chip on his shoulder kind of dude. Uh, not so much like a Deshaun Watson, but had everybody saying like, oh, well, you're really like not that good of a passer. You're really more of a runner, that kind of thing. You're kind so, of dumb. Yeah, exactly. And so... Uh, he you got know, like record low on the on the Wonder League, didn't he? Like, I mean, like a... I mean, it was like... I'm trying to think. It was like a 12 or something. Was it? Just, it was his Wonder League score pretty, pretty was off. Well, which is, you know, more often than not an, indi- an indicator uh, more or less of your success in the NFL to a certain degree. Uh but I I will be interested to see with a uh, with an offense uh, in Baltimore that's been begging for a competent quarterback mm-hmm. uh, if he has I mean he if he's any more competent than Joe Flacco hun uh, he. He has the potential to do really well and to at least stand out year one. Now, if he stands out and they get tape on him, what does year two look like? Right, but that's right. that's a discussion for next year, not this yeah. year. I think that I mean I think he has obvious talent. Um, I I I don't think he's. You can listen to his Heisman speech. He's not the smartest guy. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot to learn. I just don't. I think he'll be. I think he'll be a good wide receiver or a good kind of scat back. I, he's got all the ability in the world to run. I just don't think he has the arm talent. I mean, he's got power in his arm, but he has no accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can move that around, I think they're still sold on Flacco out there. So, and I well, think I mean they're financially committed. So, so, yeah, you know, they yeah. still so, have like two yeah. or three years left on that deal. So, yeah. I mean, so bad. I, everything I've been reading is that they're using him in different places on the kind of on the offense, sure. and he can be successful there. Yeah. I sure, do. I think he's just a guy. You just got to get the ball in his hands and let him go to work. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that he'll end up being a guy that drops back 30, 40 times a game and throws it all over the field. But even if he was going to be that, it may be a few years away. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll see. But he's definitely talented athletically. So with that being said, who is, uh, who's, your, who's your worst rookie this year? Who's your, who is the draft, the draft pick that you said, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that? Rashad Penny. Yeah. <laughs> really, Rashad Penny. Yeah, that, okay. I mean, that was the that was I had that graded as the as the worst pick. Of okay. The round. I uh, at the time, I guess time there will were, tell. There were running yep. backs that were free agents that were better and were still available, such as C.J. Anderson. Yep. Um, there were other holes to be filled for that offense and for that defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, I was just falling apart. Yeah. And so, like, I don't think you build. With somebody with a with a third rounder in the first round, right. yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Rash- yeah. that they drafted well yeah. by any chance. You're just talking about fantasy. I numbers. just think yeah. I think Rashad Penny could be. I think he could end up being a, a good a good steal for this guy. So yeah. when you look at ESPN, they've got him ranked as their number five uh, running back. They've also got him ranked as a you know with above average vision, good instincts, and good tools. But he does try to among do too rookies much. or total among rookies. Okay, obviously. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think. Do I think that they probably reach for him? Yes, I think they probably reach for him. But do I think he can have impact in the NFL? Yes. Do I think he can be fantasy relevant in the future in a backfield that didn't have a, a mainstay back? I think he can be. Um, but I do understand what you're saying as well. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm going to go ahead and hop on my my hatred train for Sam Darnold, and this <laughs> this goes back all the way to last year. Not a fan of the guy. Uh, if you look at uh, he he had some things to do. Well, he regressed in 2017 compared to 2013. He had uh, more pass attempts with less touchdowns, and he also he also threw uh, four more interceptions. So for for 60 more pass attempts, it's you know almost one per ten on a, on what he was doing, one per twelve, I guess. But um, so he threw less TDs, more interceptions, more fumbles. Uh, like he had, I wrote this down. He had 12 fumbles with nine lost. Last year, uh, in 2017. So, I just think this guy, I, I think he has the attributes that everybody wants. And he's got the, he's you know, he's, he's tall. He's got a big arm. He can do this. I just don't think that he has, I think he's going to be Carson Palmer uh, at his best. I think he's going to be Matt Leonard at his worst. I don't know that he can be a franchise quarterback in a pressure place like, like New York. Mm-hmm. So, anybody else? He looks like a Lego person. <laughs> he does look like a Lego. He player. also looks like the first uh, quarterback to reach like 280. Yeah, uh, of this draft class, right? Like, like he's gonna 280. The, the Jamarcus Russell. Uh, oh, wow. We could have a new. Uh, we could have a new uh, Jared, Jared Lorenzen, Lorenzen on yeah. our hands. <laughs> hey, but Jared Lorenzen got a Super Bowl ring. Right, right. <laughs> it's more than I've got. Um. Oh gosh, 
that, that yeah, I mean, that. I like Sam Darnold, but I don't like him for fantasy this year. So no, not at all. Mm-hmm. I don't like him for his career. Yeah. I don't even know if is he the starter. Like, is Josh McCown not going to start over him? Uh, McCown will probably start. Yeah, do you think so? so I think I'm that like that, that that's helpful because to me that still gives like Robbie Anderson yeah. value. Right. You yeah. Know? Um, well, Josh McCown's and he is probably one of the best. He's a journeyman, but he's one of the best guys to have in your locker room. The guy who's had a breakdown film, he can be successful. Yeah, he's old as dirt. He's gonna get. He's gonna get hurt. So yeah. at some point, Sam Darnold's gonna play. Uh, I don't know that. It's kind of the same thing with with Sam Bradford with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know that his knee's gonna hold up long enough to run. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I have big concerns with whether he's gonna end up actually playing or not. So I think Sam Darnold at some point ends up starting this year. I'm sure he will at some point. I just don't know. Who knows when it will be? You know, yeah, that's right. it may be when they're they're two and ten on the season, and they're like, "All right, throw the kids." Time, time to throw the kids. That's right. Yeah, if, if Josh McCown makes it that long, then their offensive line is impressive. Yeah, yep. true. Because yep. that guy puts himself into get hurt situations. Oh yeah. If a la week one, 2016 for the Browns, goes to dive across the end zone and gets concussed. Yeah, I mean, takes yeah. a helmet to helmet to the ear hole and gets spun around like John Elway. I would have never yeah. guessed that you were going to mention a Browns game. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, we always lose. <laughs> we might actually win that game. I don't know. Although, in fairness, that's exactly how you would be as an NFL player. Too. Oh, 100%. You would, you would die. <laughs> <laughs> I've played five football with you. I'm diving everywhere. So, anyway, uh, unless anybody has any, anybody else anything to say about no. Bus. Okay, so we'll just move into the free agency, I guess. We can oh, do that. Hold on. I, I or, created a new, hold on. new category uh, for uh, for the draftees' uh, best names uh, that were drafted. Um, and it's a toss-up between Vita Via, fantastic, Vita Vea. and uh, Chukwuma Okorafor. Both are solid names, and I'll give you five dollars if you can tell me where Chukwuma Okorafor came from or what position he plays. Western Michigan offensive tackle. Five dollars. <laughs> five dollars. I'll PayPal or Apple Cash you after this is over. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Impressive. So <laughs> we'll move into free agency talk. Uh, we're going to talk. I guess who who improved most? What teams? What teams do you guys have that improved most? Um, and free agency. For me, offensively, I think the team that improved the most was the Browns. I mean, not the Browns. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Saw that one coming. The, uh, the, the, I actually didn't mean to do Say that. Say that joke again, the, Doug. The, the Bears. Uh, I, I like the new uh, head coach, Matt Nagy. I think he'll be big for Trubisky. I like... Um, the Allen Robinson signing, I think they probably mm-hmm. overpaid him a little bit, but I think they definitely overpaid him. I think he can be valuable. And one of my favorite uh, free agent signings of the entire year was Trey Burton for them. I think he's going to be a monster for them as their tight end, and he'll open up so much for Trubisky and Nagy. He was in uh, Kansas City before, I believe. They he knows how to use a tight end, mm-hmm. so I think I think he's a guy to really look out for. Like right now, I think I. If I was to do a tight end board, he's like fifth or sixth on my board okay. right now. So, I mean, he'd be behind the bell cows. But I'd rather have him this year than Kyle Rudolph or mm. than uh, – I'm trying to think of, of someone else. But he, he's right in that in that area for me. Yeah, he's a, so he's a, 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 mid, a mid-round guy that you think that, yeah. that that can have some value. Yeah, yeah. Like if you miss on a Gronk or a Kelsey – you know, and you're looking for someone who has some upside. You know, do you go Delaney Walker? Do you go Trey Burton? Do you go mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph? Well, Trubisky like Trubisky. If he's not going long, he's he likes it. Yeah. Uh, that he threw to Zach Miller a ton all the time until mm-hmm. he, he got his leg yeah, amputated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going along with the Bears, another free agent pickup uh, at a keep getting them Chets moment. Uh, Chase Daniel, two year, ten million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has who has seen that guy play any meaningful? He uh, hasn't snaps? touched not at all. Correct. Mm-hmm. What Missouri is the last time he did Seven that? Seven million guaranteed. <laughs> Keep getting them checks, baby. Yeah, I'll, I'll Charlie take Whiter them all day long. Of, uh, the modern That's right. Good Lord Jesus. So, um, obviously, you guys know that that I, I like the Browns picks. Um, so I'll get to those maybe later. But I think um, I'm interested in, in in what the Vikings did, giving a ton of money to Kirk Cousins, uh, going away from a quarterback that was pretty good for you last year and. Uh, in Case Keenum, but that happens to three teams yesterday. I mean, Case Keenum moves 
Alex Smith moves and Kirk Cousins moves, right? Um, all of those teams, too, they had quarterbacks. I mean, heck, Alex Smith is going to fill in for Kirk Cousins. But the Vikings, I'm interested to see what happens with Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook with um, with Kirk Cousins in. So that that's going to be an interesting thing for me. I think they improved a little. And the Los Angeles Rams, are getting to me, are getting scarier and scarier. I, I like what they're doing. I don't necessarily like the Brandon Cooks, what they traded for. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things mm-hmm. I talk, we talked about last year was the fact that Kirk Cooks was such a, a boomer bust yeah. guy. But well, right now, I, I'll ask you guys this: I would prefer Brandon Cooks over Sammy Watkins. It's close. You, I to, mean, to I know, me I know like, that there's some uh, biases yeah. with where Sammy Watkins played college ball and stuff. But at the same there's time, like yeah. I think that was an upgrade for them. Well, what do you think happened last year with Cooks? Because two years ago with Cooks. I would say 100%. And yeah. I, I don't buy the Watkins hype at all. Uh, however, do you think Cooks took a step back or do you think he wasn't utilized properly? Because he had a significant down year last year as opposed to two years ago when he was with the Saints. Yeah, I'm not positive. I will say this. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist with that whole like culture in New England of like if they don't like you, like you're not getting it. Sure. Yeah. Even if you're good. They ice you. Yeah. Yeah, and so, um, and so I, I just think there was something there that wasn't – Brandon Cooks wasn't a team player in their mm-hmm. view or something like that. But, I mean, I think he's great. I especially liked when he went to New England, one of the things he was excited about is not just running go routes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that was all uh, the Saints used him sure. for is just spread the field, Brandon. Just run that way. You know, like sure. we might throw you the ball kind of a thing. And so I think that the Rams will – be able to do that because I think he's able to do more on um, short and mid-range level routes mm-hmm. yeah. than Sammy Watkins. I like, I like I like Los Angeles. I like the Rams offense. I like would you, I mean, and I would never said this two years ago, but I like Jared Goff. I like what he's doing in that offense. Uh, t- how could you not like a guy like Todd Gurley, right? When, you, when he's running behind him, then you put Brandon Cooks, a guy that's got uh, relatively good hands. He's shown that he can be valuable on an offense. That's why he brings some interest. I don't. I'm obviously not going to put him as a number one wide receiver. I think he's still right now one of those boomer bust guys until he proves it to me. He's kind of he's one of the Deshaun Jackson is who I compared him to last year, um, with just a guy that he's going to get 150 yards or he's going to get 30 yards mm-hmm. um, in a non PPR kind of kind of kind of situation. I think he can be. I think he can be valuable, uh, and I just like what the what the Rams are doing. I think that they're improving in a. And what I think is going to be a pretty competitive NFC West this year with, with all the moves that they're making, minus Seattle. I think Seattle goes backwards. So let me ask you all this, since you just mentioned this a little off script, but you got Todd Gurley, you've got Le'Veon Bell, you've got David Johnson as your kind of consensus top three. How would you all rank those three? You also have Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Zeke. Well, yeah. the other the other thing is too is what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. Like, is he going to hold same out? Thing. You know, the same thing so if he holds yeah. out, then I'm making him number four, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd Gurley, I, I would mean, probably he'll hold out until the season starts. Yeah, and then he'll come. It, did, and that's tough. I think the biggest question mark too is the fact of it. What's Zeke's offense? What, what's the Cowboys' offense going to look like? They don't have a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, in the air targets, right? So. People are just going to stack the box. Is he still going to get his touches? He's still he's still going to get his touches. He's still going to get his points. Um, David Johnson's a question mark because of what happened last year, right? So I would probably I think I I might go I might go Gurley, um, Bell, Johnson, and then uh, whoever the fourth Zeke. guy was Zeke. I totally disagree. I think that Zeke would be number one, and and this is why I'm going to say you mentioned the air and. I should have brought this up earlier. Michael Gallup has been big news in the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, this kid is got the confidence, got the speed. He is built for being the number one. Um, so I think that he's actually going to be pretty, pretty good guy to go look at as far as a potential good rookie snag. Um, and in so doing, Zeke got a lot of rest last year Correct. physically because he was in a lot of like turmoil legally, yep. right? And yep. so I think that because of that, I think he's hungry to prove himself. I think he's rested. The offensive line only got better mm-hmm. yet again. It got deeper with the Connor Williams pick. Uh, so I just even like say say they do stack the box. 
the Cowboys could just throw offensive linemen on the line and just still run it up the gut. Yeah. With him. Well, I think he's still going to be good. I just think that's the question mark. And maybe I, it's just there's so many question marks against surrounding three of those four players, right? Right. I mean, what's David Johnson going to look like when he gets back? Yeah, is Le'Veon Bell going to hold out? I don't think there's a question about him. I mean, he broke his form. It's not like he had a knee oh, I, injury. That's right. I thought yeah. he was almost taking a knee injury. Yeah. It was just a fluke. He broke his forearm, and then he was going to come back, and it got infected or something. Yeah. And Plus, they were out of the playoff right, race. Right, there was right. no there reason was no to bring him back. So. To... so, yeah, maybe I do elevate then. Uh, I just I like what I like what the Rams are doing, and I think Gurley's going to have a really big year. Um, and the offense funnels through it just like it does yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. You know? But either way, if you pick any of those four guys, number one, you can't go wrong. Right, as long as as long as Le'Veon Bell doesn't hold out, yeah, then you know if he holds out through the preseason, then week one you might be down, but week two he's mm-hmm. going to be Le'Veon Bell again. Yeah. It's a game of inches, exactly. Game. Like I mean, right. when it comes down to it, that's four guys that you can take number one. Yep. Mix in a guy like an Antonio Brown or um, you know some of these other top tier wide receivers. Yep. Like there's we're you know we're we're comparing little things. Yeah, one well, in our league because we're not PPR, right? Yeah, correct. We're so not. that brings the Closer, if it was a PPR league, then he would, you would probably... If he's a PPR league, then Le'Veon Bell flies right, to the top. Right, right, right. And, I mean, Gurley, too. He caught him a bunch of yeah. passes yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so, I think I would go Gurley, David Johnson, Bell, Zeke for me. Okay. Like, so. Yeah, so I mean, we're pretty close. Um, so I'm, I'm going to talk about the Browns because I like them. I do I think they're going to win a lot of games now. Uh, I think they'll win a couple, but Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, EJ Gaines, Demarius Randall, TJ Carey, Todd Haley with offensive coordinator. I'm happy with what they're doing. If we can win four <laughs> games, I'm happy. I'm, I got four a plan. Games. Four you games? You settle for one? Okay, I might settle yeah, for one. Yeah, you got to get the one, man. <laughs> but if I can get four. <laughs> so anyhow, so who, who's your, who are your teams that just did nothing in free agency and that are going to be your worst now? I mean, I think we all agree the Seahawks are heading in the in the wrong direction. Wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So that that would be the main one for me, and and I I really don't like the Redskins either. I, I just don't think they're a very good team. I don't want anything to do with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that's what I was. Gonna, that was mine. I mean, Miami Dolphins, Landry out, Sue out, Pouncey out. You know, they're still looking for Tannehill to be a good quarterback. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then they brought in Frank Gore as a running back. Like guys, I don't like Frank Gore, oh, but man. dang, that's another key. I think it's more like Frank Gore in Miami. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Frank Gore is trying to retire in Miami, yeah. guys. <laughs> that was, I think, that was just one of those retire where he's from. Yeah, that's, that's right. I think yeah. so too. Yeah, yeah I just they're. I think they're in. A, they're very close. I think with with Buffalo Bills as being the number one draft pick next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I could see. That. Do you want anything to do with Indi- Indianapolis? No. No. <coughs> uh, I haven't had anything want to do anything with Indianapolis for like last three years. Yeah. So I um, find myself drafting Andrew Luck just every year. Every year, Luck for suck, luck. baby. Luck he's for gotta suck. Gotta come back. He's gotta come back. He's finally at least throwing again. Yeah. So yeah. There's that. Yeah. I, I worry. I worry that he never recovers from that injury. Yeah. I think he mm-hmm. played too hard for too long, and the, the uh, yeah. organization didn't protect him. No, I think he's, yeah. I think he's done. But you know, I was, I was kind of impressed with uh, with what. Oh, what's his butt did last year? Um, yeah, no. I'm trying to think of his name. Out of NC State, he just looked at him out of NC State. Philip Rivers? No, 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 no. no. no he's he's in Na- Indianapolis. Um, like a Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. Yeah. Oh, he did yeah. some good things. Yeah. So I'm not saying he's a. I just was impressed with that he was able to do something with nothing. Yeah. Uh, and also the Deion Kane draft. Like I just don't think Deion Kane's ready to be a pro. No. He's gonna drop. He's gonna drop a ton of balls yeah. uh, next year. Sorry, Dion. I am a Clemson fan. You're just not ready. Um, and then last thing, I think that we were gonna go over when it came to that was, uh, you guys have any surprise teams going into the playoffs this year? Or are you pretty much gonna stick with what made it loud last year? Well, statistically, what only half of the teams that made it last year will make it again this year, and that how right. it really works in the yep. NFL. So. Yep. You know, half of the teams who made it won't won't be there again next year. You know, NFC yeah. South has a new rep every year. It's yeah. Never, yeah, it's never back to back. I'm Although we had three. The yeah. NFC South is going to be. It, I actually wrote that down. They are going. That's going to be fun to watch. Sure. The yeah. Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons. I sorry, Buccaneers. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're going to get your ass kicked all year long. They may be in contention for the first pick as well. Yeah, the, yeah. The fighting alarm clocks. Right. Worst, worst jerseys in the league. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> fighting alarm clocks. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I'm interested to see what comes out of that. 
Uh, I'm also interested, like we talked earlier, with the 49ers. Um, I think, you know, with what Garoppolo did last year, and then they brought in some, they brought in a couple more pieces. I'm interested to see what, I'll be watching the 49ers this year. I think that they could, I don't necessarily think they're going to beat the Rams, but I think they could, they might be able to steal a wild card spot. Um, Because I I think Seahawks are on the way down. The Cardinals uh, are just going to have a rough year. Uh, I'm interested to see what Josh Rosen does out there. But I think the 49ers could could put something together and, and get into the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. And you never know with the Rams. They put all those big personalities mm-hmm. in the same locker room. Sue and... Uh, Akeem Tlaib. Akeem Tlaib. Marcus right. Peters. Yeah, I mean, just all these guys. Who knows? Defense. <laughs> it, on paper, yeah. it looks sick. Yeah, it looks sick. It's ridiculous. But yeah. keeping but no, they, Marcus Joyner. Oh. They could totally... I mean, they could spontaneously combust. Right, just Absolutely. totally combust. Anytime. They're definitely Which history there. shows these type of teams do. Oh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right? Unless you're in the NBA. Well, and what what team outside of his first couple of years talking about Sue? What what teams of his have really thived outside of his first couple of years? Well, he's a great player. Right? The difference, he's a cancer in the Correct. locker room. Correct. Right. And that was my right. point. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just yeah. He keep him away from everybody. Just you know, tape put tape over his mouth and say, "Go tackle that guy." <laughs> Don't stomp on anybody. But. So I think that you know it's going to be interesting to watch as well. I'm interested in the 49ers, but I think the most, I think the most enjoyable division this year is going to be the NFC South. I think that's going to be some of the best football. Mm-hmm. As a fan of a team in the NFC South, I'm going to say the AFC West because it's more, uh, it is fun to watch, but it's also stressful to watch the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But <laughs> I, I, I really think like the Denver Broncos did a lot of right things football wise yeah. in the draft. Um, oh, Bradley Chubb, what a uh, pick! The yeah. Third pick. Yeah, and so I think um, it may be, may be a good thing for Cortland Sutton um, as a wide receiver to emerge there. Um, but uh, I think that they did great. I think the best pick in the first round went to the Chargers, um, getting that safety uh, from Florida State. Derwin James. Derwin James. Derwin James, oh, I mean, I just Derwin James like, is going Panthers, to be please nasty. jump now. Jump yeah. now. Yeah. Go, go get him. That's but, a huge yeah, pick. I think, yeah, it's going to be a great pick for them. Um, especially where they were really safety needy uh, yeah. for a long, long time. They, they've got somebody who's going to stay back there forever. Yeah. Um, Speaking of people that improved on a defensive front with just one pick, when the Packers traded away Demarius Randall, who has been not as good as advertised, but picked up a guy like Jair Alexander out of Louisville, hmm. I think he's going to be a great mm-hmm. cornerback. Uh, I think he'll be a, a shutdown style cornerback. That should be a lot of fun to watch too. So I know we're getting a little long on time, um, but last thing, just to tease a couple of po- of of, uh, of rule changes that we could make. So you guys make sure to listen to the next podcast that comes out. We'll do one to talk about all the rule changes and all the opinions on it. You guys form your opinion. And we'll make and you can make some votes. Uh, email me later uh, as as that comes down. But I know. Doug had a couple of, of rule changes that, that he wanted to propose. So let's talk about those real quick, and then we'll end out. So I think that the two big ones are doing something with waivers. My preference is going to free agent acquisition budget, where everyone has a chance to get any player they want that's on waivers every week. Um, you put in a bid. You know, Normally, each person gets a $100 bid, not real money. Just pretend Monopoly money. And you make a bid on the player, whoever has the highest bid gets him. But once your $100 is gone for the season, it's gone. So that way, I used this example last year, but if if last year when Josh Gordon came back, if Sean Guida had wanted him and had a low waiver bid, he wouldn't have been able to get him. So now if he, if he has fab to work with, he can go in, put in an overbid if he has to to get Josh Gordon, and then that way he can get him if he wants to get him. That's right. Um, the divisions, I think, is something we need to take a look at. I got a question about the budget. Okay. I run out of money. Can I still make free yes. agent acquisitions? Yes. You just can't add anyone that costs money. That's so, right. So, right. like, it, so if you, we both bid, like, I put in for somebody, but you put a dollar on him, you get him. He gets Correct, him. correct. Right. But if neither one of us have any money, or you can bid zero dollars on somebody. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to bid a dollar amount on someone mm-hmm. to get them. So you can bid zero dollars. And then the default to that is it'll be a, some type of waiver order. So it can mm-hmm. go by like reverse standings. It can go by That's just right. random every week, yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah, it does make it especially during the first of the year when you have a lot of jockeying for yeah. position. You yeah. have that. You have that Kareem Hunt who skyrockets, right. or not Kareem Hunt? Who's the guy? Well, like Russell Wilson last year. I like I was quarterback needy. I didn't take a quarterback early. 
Um, you had another quarterback that was really good too. You had two guys, I think. I can't. I, I can't remember. Time, yeah, Maybe you did. I can't remember. But like he, Tim dropped him, and I was like, yes, Russell Wilson. Then I saw because I had won like my first two matchups, and I was like, well, I have no chance to get him now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, whereas I could have gone in and put a $30 bid if I wanted to, yeah. just to make sure I got him. The other thing is it it creates some weekly excitement. Yeah. More than just like, all right, I need to go do waiver wires. Is when that hot guy comes up, like everybody has a chance. And I think that's, yeah. that's something because in this league, there are people who just drop off after week six. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think, it, I think too, it, it creates... And we hate you. Yeah. <laughs> just to <laughs> stick with it. A lot of those people are gone. But anyhow... So how I think also how they do it a good way to do it with the free agent acquisition budget too is if there's a guy that that kind of falls to the cracks and nobody chooses because there's something above him nobody goes for right. that guy on Wednesday it's not going to cost you anything that's what I was right. like exactly. it costs yeah, you yeah. it's just that Tuesday night lock in yeah. that's when it costs you money or your you know it's your the acquisition waiver exactly the next day the first person to go yeah. get them yeah. uh, Wednesday through Saturday the first person to get them wins yeah so yes. like if yeah. you want to add you want to add a kicker <clears throat> on Wednesday night you don't have to you know spend your fab budget to get yeah. them yeah right you know the fab period has already expired you just go pick up whoever you want and go about your business I've used it in another league for several years and it's been very successful yeah uh, you just you just see if you win the bid yeah right, right, you know right. come at the, come to the end of the period so it can right. it can definitely get fun especially if you were able if you it will also reward you for drafting well yeah. so if you draft well at the beginning of the season you don't use a lot of your acquisition budget and then all of a sudden somebody pops up that you need or that you want to get just because it helps your team and it hurts yeah. everybody else you can pick him up for 25 bucks and nobody can contend to that because they've spent ninety of their right. hundred dollars. It happens every year in all. In a well, and like of at the end too. of at the end of a season, you always have like last year with Dion Lewis, where James White was hurt, someone else was hurt, and he was getting thirty touches every week in the Patriots offense. He's a guy that wouldn't maybe he would have gotten drafted, maybe, but like no one had him on their team until that explosion happened, and it's like okay, right. now he's the guy that everybody wants. Well, if you've been smart about your budget, then maybe you, you can get him in the end. Yeah. So yeah. what are, what are y'all's thoughts on the division? I'm just the division thing. Uh, in a, in my own league that I've run for several years, I used to have divisions and I finally got away from it. I think if you try to stick, if you try to stick to the division motto where like the East and West and the NBA, yeah. for example, yeah. like where you get too lopsided, like we did last year. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason my team should have been in the playoffs last year. Uh, I think you you punish you know one one division over the other. So for me, I, if you if we had you know say twelve teams or something like that, I think it makes more sense. Right, but right. I think with having ten teams, I think it makes sense to consolidate. Yeah, I think if you're gonna do it, you need to make it a little more fun, and so like randomizing it somehow, and so like you know how we do the WrestleMania thing, like yeah. first five people out, it, like. It, that come well, out like that's a division. That's an idea. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I think that if you're going to make a division, uh, it definitely needs to be talked yeah, I about. Think, you right. know? I definitely think things need to kind of change a little bit. With when I first added, I just added people in. Added yeah. ten people did two divisions and I just threw everybody in. Sure, division. Right, right, right. sure. So I like the idea of more of a one to ten stack ranking. The last two players go into the into the into the, the, the dead ass yeah. last bowl. Everybody else is in the playoffs because I still like the fun of it. Like. You know, the last two teams, you, you're playing for something at the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I like that. And I still like 18s making it. The playoff system is good. Totally yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I I am on board with the with the no division thing. And mm-hmm. also, it brings into, like, if the last guy in your division is 2 and 14, right? Right. Then all of a sudden, you don't really care because, well, I'm not going to win in the playoffs and I'm not going to get last, so what does it really matter? Well, in this, like, if you're close to the bottom, and there could be one other person at the very bottom, but you're still in contention to make that to right. make it into the, into yes. the bowl. So uh, I think it makes – I think I like the, the no divisions thing. And the one other thing uh, – I mean, we kind of talked briefly before the pod about the kicker defense thing, but we can address that another time. Um, it, we, we spoke about this last year too, but switching a bench spot to a wide receiver spot. Because, like, I know last year you had – Michael Thomas or someone on your I was bench, so like, wide receiver fret. Like, right, right, just right. Just risk. Because I drafted like five wide receivers first because right, right. there was no running backs. Yeah, like I, I mean, that's just something to take a look at. I'm, I don't have any like strong opinions on that. I just, nor, I think normally 10 team leagues are three wide receiver and ours is two. So it's worth taking a look at. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's because there are usually a lot of wide receivers on the, 
yeah. on, on waivers too. Yeah. You know, yeah so. so cool. Well, hey, does anybody have anything else they'd like to add? I have one more. I put it out every year. Tim shoots me down, but I still put it out every. We're year. not going to Yahoo. No, two QB, a two QB league, and I'm just putting it out there. And here's the reason why: with ten teams, there's no reason why I should be able to go out and. During the draft, I say, I'm going to take a flyer on my last pick with uh, Frank Gore this year. We'll say it because, you know, who, who knows? You might just uh, went out with him. And then he sucks week two, and I go out, and I just get Carson Wentz as my backup quarterback. You see what I'm saying? It, it keeps people in this kind of league more honest. So uh, let's say everybody drafts their two starting quarterbacks – and then they have a third quarterback that they pick up as a to rotate into the bye week. Mm-hmm. So that takes 30 starting quarterbacks off the board right away, yep. in theory. So you have to be smart not only with your, with your draft uh, early on, but that keeps you honest, and it frees up the waiver wire with other running backs and wide receivers and tight ends throughout the course of the year because if the pool you can dry up the pool especially with running backs which we know everybody's looking for running backs week four or five if you've dried up that pool in the draft and people just say I'd take a flyer on him because I know I can go get Phillip Rivers week 10 when you know whoever's on a bye Uh, I think it changes the draft strategy maybe we float it this year and institute it next year but I've done two QB systems since I've been doing fantasy and it does keep you more honest during the draft, mm-hmm. but then also it creates uh, uh, more competition throughout the course of the, of the season. I think what you both brought up could be melded into one solution if you wanted it to. And that's making, instead of a wide receiver spot... A super uh, flex. A super flex. Absolutely. Just super flex a bench spot. and Because uh, you know quarterbacks score more points. Than other players. Yeah, see, I think a super flex just turns into a two quarterback league. Yeah, basically. it does. I'm, right. I'm with Doug in, on that. In, in I'm not a huge but fan. But the bye weeks is what yeah. what is yeah. different about the super flex. Well, that's true too. Is yeah. is that whenever it's a heavy quarterback bye week, um, you can flex a running yeah. back, a tight end, or yeah, a I just receiver. I don't know. Like I've just never been a fan of the of the two quarterback system. And I do get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather have like an extra wide receiver spot or something like that. I just I'm, I've never been a big fan of the, of the two quarterback system, but it's out there. If you guys want to vote on that, we can talk about that next time. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think it is viable with the ten. Team. It's not my preference, but it is viable with a ten team league. Whereas if you do a twelve, or 15 there's no team league, there's no way with twelve teams. Yeah, I'm in a twelve another twelve team league where you actually draft defensive players too, and they're as valuable as offensive players, and it's it's a nightmare. Like I'll end up picking up like, you know. Some random, sure. like Sam Darnold starting week 15, you know he's not going to do anything, and you're just like giving away 30 points or whatever mm-hmm. to whoever you're playing. Yeah. So I do think it's viable. Um, so I'm at least willing to talk about it. I sure. Think. Yeah. Cool. Well, on that, uh, thanks for listening, guys. I think we went long, way longer than we thought we were going to, but hope you guys enjoyed. I think we usually have some pretty good uh, information on this. Until next time, uh, keep listening. We appreciate it, guys. And we'll see you on September 28th, if you don't hear from us before, for the draft on Tuesday night. August at, 28th. At August 28th, not September. August 28th. <laughs> it's a Tuesday night at uh, Bond Street Wines, hosted by Jeff House. We'll talk more about it later. Thanks.